You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another edition of your spiritual GPS to success. Yes, I am Dr. Michael Mosley. I am so grateful to be here. I am your spiritual life coach. And you know what? It is my joy. Oh, look at you. Thank you so very much. It is certainly a joy of mine to connect with you on today. I appreciate wherever you are listening to me from. And you know what? I like to to know where you're listening to me from. Go to uh, the Facebook page and let me know just, hey, I'm listening to you from Chicago. I'm listening to you from the beaches of Miami, Florida. Ah, I kind of envy you all right now. It just would be so nice to be lounging around on the beach, right? But listen, I pray that you're enjoying yourself on today, no matter where you are, that you are enjoying life, enjoying yourself, enjoying spirit, enjoying God. So now listen, I have a show for you on today, and I got some callers already in queue that I am looking forward to giving insightful readings to on today. Now, if you desire to be a part of one of our recorded shows or our live studio audience that is recorded, all you have to do is text LOA to 40691, okay? text LOA to 40691 and you too will be alerted when I'm doing a show and hopefully if you're not too busy you can call in and I will have the joyful privilege of speaking with you so get ready now listen today of this recording it is after Easter and you know it's that springtime oh I love spring now I used to love it more before my allergies started kicking in. However, we just deal with life as it comes. But spring is such a wonderful time of the year with the beautiful flowers and the the roses are starting to blossom and bloom. You know, just pretty. And the grass is a little bit greener. Although I want to see if I can get it a tad bit greener. You know, it's getting there. It's getting there. It takes a little work. But you know, something I want to deal with on today. Uh, Many people celebrated Easter or what we may consider Resurrection Sunday. And and I don't want to get too technical because some people say it's not Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday. Then some people say, well, it is Easter. It's a pagan holiday and, and we don't celebrate that. Well, okay, tomato, tomato, I get it. But you know what I want to deal with today? I want to deal with trauma. I want to get an understanding of trauma. I want you to think about something. I wonder, what was it like watching everything go down the way it did during the crucifixion of Jesus. I want you to think about that for just a moment. What was it like standing there, watching all of this, viewing this, really soaking this in? And and I wonder, did it create a trauma for some people? I wonder, did it really create nightmares for some people? You know, some of us really have a difficulty in manifesting what it is that we desire because of some things that we have seen, some traumas that we have encountered. So it becomes challenging to say, focus your mind on that beautiful uh, BMW or that beautiful Jaguar when 
I'm traumatized by an accident that I saw, an accident that I was in. And it's hard for me to focus on that beautiful Jaguar. Oh no, I remember having an accident in the Cadillac that I have. So we want to deal with that on today. You don't want to go anywhere. I believe there's going to be some information that's going to be pertinent and that's going to be enlightening to you. Listen, I'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back, okay? spiritual GPS to success. I am Dr. Michael Mosley right here from Atlanta, Georgia. And you know, I am enjoying Atlanta. It's getting kind of hot a little bit, but I'm enjoying Atlanta. We're still in the rainy season, so it hasn't gotten tremendously hot, but it's kind of peaked that just a little bit. And you know, thank you. Uh, someone sent me a message. Um, I posted on Facebook that I am in chaplaincy and I'm in another unit. There's certain courses that you have to take, which I am thoroughly enjoying. Uh, and uh, so really, that was why this particular topic came about, but uh, from one of my chaplaincy classes. And I'm enjoying it. I'm working at a hospital in Spalding, Georgia. Not too far from where I live, but yes, yeah, it's far enough. But in Spalding, Georgia, and I'm having a great time. So thank you for your prayers and your support. I really do appreciate it. Now, if you haven't prayed for me, please pray for continued strength, physical, emotional, uh, I want to say mental and even financial, <laughs> that we have strength to continue. I do enjoy this journey. And then with these allergies, uh, sometimes I find it challenging to breathe, but we go do it anyway. You know what? I, I'm, con uh, I'm concerned about those persons that were around the cross. Now, you know, a lot of us had Easter celebrations or Resurrection Sunday at church and, and different uh, activities, the Easter egg hunt and different things of that, that nature. But I wonder... I wonder, see, part of a job as being a chaplain is we go in and we really um, comfort and also see if there's further need uh, for uh, maybe some type of therapy that they need. I remember going into a patient's room and uh, they needed therapy because of they got shot and they still had some issues and some fears about that. So we offer that spiritual support, but also want to comfort you and give you added support if needed by recommending you to other, uh, other colleagues, other fields of psychology or psychiatrist. And that's no embarrassment in that. Sometimes we feel like, Oh, you crazy. You need help. No, you're not crazy. No, we all, uh, sometime at one point in time need a, a mental detox a mental break. Sometimes we just need uh, someone to talk to because of what we are going through. So sometimes we just need that added support, that added strength to get through uh, this particular issue. So that's what we do uh, as a chaplain. We go in and really just say, let's talk about it. Talk about your feelings. Talk about your uh, experiences. Well, now listen, everybody. 
Can you imagine how it must have been seeing Jesus on the cross and at this time haven't, you know, done anything wrong according to what the Bible may say. And it's that he is there and you see them nailing his hands and feet and blood is everywhere. And, and what a traumatic encounter that must have been. Uh, even for some young person, that even for an older person, what a traumatic encounter that must have been of what you saw. And I wonder, did anybody wake up with dreams after that occurrence. In the middle of the night, they, they wake up hyperventilating and screaming because they remember uh, the, the pains. And not, not just Jesus, but other people that were feeling, in a sense, what he was going through. Other people that were crying and other people that were laughing. And what a traumatic experience that must have been. I'm curious, have you ever had a traumatic experience like that? Where it's just, I, I can't believe this. I just can't believe I'm watching this. I remember one time I had an accident in the car and, and you know, for a few weeks afterwards, I would have this, uh, this nervousness when I would see the brake lights on the car in front of me. Like, you know, although I have plenty of room to stop, it still created a, a negative response within me because of what I saw, because of what I experienced. I knew a gentleman that did not ever want to remarry because he watched his wife die and there was absolutely nothing he could do about it. And for years, he remained single. He, he wanted to marry, but he just could not bring himself to that issue of going through the possibility of having a wife and then watching them die. It was traumatic for him. Sometimes we look at some people and say, oh, see, you just don't want to get married. You just don't want to. You just, you just pitiful. Not all the time. That's not really the case all the time. It could be that they experienced something that was very traumatic. And I, this is why I encourage you to realize when you need spiritual help, you need the prophet. You need the prophet. Uh, that's not to, I guess, demean prayer. No, prayer is always wonderful. But sometimes you got to be careful who you're getting prayer from because sometimes they just don't understand that you are really going through a traumatic experience. It's a trauma when you were able to do and care for yourself and do what you want to do and, and be very independent to now you are um, maybe have a, a leg amputated. I had a client like that. Or uh, you are not able to move around as quickly, even some of our elderly. Think about the trauma that they were once very active and now their steps are slower. They can't keep up. They have to turn the television louder. And they're trying not to be noticed, but they're having a difficult time hearing because their hearing is diminishing. What a trauma that must be. And now you have to move in. I remember my mother having to move in. I believe that was a trauma for her. That's a sign that says, I can no longer take care of myself. And then they become adamant. I can take care of myself. I'm your mama, you know. But it's the issues of life that can be very traumatic. 
I want you to just take a moment. You know, sometimes I grew up in church all my life and sometimes we just quick to say, oh, you just listen, you just lazy and you don't want to do this. But sometimes it is a trauma. It's a trauma. And, and really, a trauma is really an emotional response to a terrible event. And and sometimes we got to be cautious. We cannot say, well, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't no trauma. That, But to that person, it really was a trauma. That event really was traumatic for them. It was terrible. It was horrible for them. So you, we got to be cautious about that. I want to see if I can talk to some people that really had some traumas or really find out what did they do to get through their trauma. Listen, don't go anywhere. I got some callers in queue and I'm getting ready to go to those callers in just a few moments. And while you do that, make sure that you go to drmichaelmosley.com and also text the word reading to 40691 and you too can schedule your reading, your personal reading with me. Okay. That's reading, R-E-A-D-I-N-G. Yeah, that's it. To 40691. Schedule your one-on-one time with me. You just may need to talk about a trauma that you've had. I'll be right back. You're in tune to your spiritual GPS to success. Did you get that? Your spiritual GPS to success. I am Dr. Michael Mosley. You know what success really is meant for you. And that is a path for you to achieve it. Sometimes we got to recognize what is blocking me from achieving the success I want. And it could be a trauma. It could be a trauma that you don't realize. You know, sometimes when we have traumas in our lives, again, it's just a, an emotional response to a to an event, something that has happened. Uh, some people have had a, an unfortunate trauma of being raped. Uh, 
Well, can you imagine that if it's a woman, that every time that they go by a man, they get nervous? Or uh, when it's time to be intimate with that person, they can that they really do love and they want to be intimate with them, but it's like, <gasps> they get nervous, that fear. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Why? And he may be responding like that. What is, what's going on? What did I do? And it's not that they may have done anything. It's just the person is reminded of that trauma. Sometimes it's that trauma on your path to success that, that, peaks up that really uh, just shows its face and makes it difficult. I want to encourage you to first realize, yes, you can make it through that trauma. Yes, you really can. You may need someone to talk with. You may need therapy. You may even need medication, but hey, don't be embarrassed by that. That is God's way of saying, hey, I want you to make it through this. I wonder, y'all remember what they call Doubting Thomas? You remember Doubting Thomas in the Bible? I really believe Doubting Thomas really loved Jesus. I believe Thomas was really doubting because of the trauma. I believe that he was going, he was in trauma. He was in shock. I really feel that Thomas loved Jesus. In fact, there was one point in the Bible where G Thomas said, well, let's go that we too can die with Jesus. He made that statement because we love him so much. Now, after Jesus got back up again, Thomas said, I don't believe it. It's not that he did not want to believe it. I believe it was just so traumatic by what he saw that it made it hard to believe. Have you ever been betrayed by someone or ever had a pain? And it's just like, I don't believe they did this. I don't, it's just hard for me to really even comprehend that. I, I just don't believe you mean to tell me they did this. Are you? No, no, you, you lied. Have everybody ever felt like that? Let me go to my caller. Maybe, maybe they can shed some light on that for me. Uh, let's see if I can go to Tennessee. My friend, I haven't spoken to her in so long. Anita, how are you doing? My dear. I am well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Anita, uh, have you ever experienced a trauma? I did. Um, I've had a couple of traumas, and they were all when I was younger. Um, when I was younger, I was molested. Um, I've seen my grandmother have a heart attack in front of me um, when I was the only one that was at home. And then as an adult, when I was married, I was raped by one of my coworkers. So, um, with that being said, um, I got over the fact that my grandmother had a heart attack. Um, she did later on in years pass away, but the, uh, rape and the molestation, um, I won't date an older man. He has to be around my age, but he cannot be too much younger than me. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I'm I'm curious now. So, and and I'm I'm very sorry that you had to go through those all three of those unfortunate incidences. So you mentioned that you were married, and yet you got raped by a coworker. Yes, and when I told my husband about it, his his response was, "You shouldn't have been there." So, how did that make you feel when he made that statement? You shouldn't have been there. Um that this wasn't the person that I needed to be with. And if he couldn't protect me, no one could. Okay. 
And and so if he couldn't protect you, you felt like no nobody could. So was did your husband get uh, upset or angry at the person that <clears throat> raped you? No, he got mad at me. So your husband, I'm curious about this. So your husband got mad at you, but the person that yeah. raped you, he didn't have any response to that individual? No, none at all. Did they? Did your husband know the individual that raped you? He just knew he was a coworker. I don't think he actually knew him, knew him, but he was like, you just shouldn't have put yourself in that position. But the field that I worked in, which I worked with people with mental and physical disabilities, you're supposed to interact with the nurse, which is what he was. He was the nurse. Okay, so the person that raped you was the nurse. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So how? what did you do? How did you cope? Because your husband went to husband and he really condemned you. And this person is your coworker that's a nurse uh, on the job that raped you. And how did you manage? How did you cope during that time? I quit my job and divorced my husband. Mm. You quit the job and divorced the husband. Yeah. Was that a was that a difficult decision or was it easy to make those decisions? <clears throat> when it comes to my survival and then me protecting my children, because at the time my children were little, mm -hmm. um, that it was a no brainer for me. I mean, you can always I I could always get another job. Mm -hmm. they can see their daddy but I don't have to be a part of either one of the equations was that one of the was that the the I guess one of the main reasons why you divorced your husband or were there other e issues that led up to that there were other issues as well okay so uh you were raped and 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 I, I really I, I can I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm I'm really I'm in shock myself uh, to to realize that. And how long ago was that in your life? Um, my daughter is she'll be 25 this year, so it's about 24 years ago. About 24 years ago. Okay, so mm -hmm. does this? Uh, are you still dating now? Are you married now? I'm dating. Dating. Okay. So mm -hmm. in, in the pro hopefully we found the, the wonderful person right now, I believe so. And I'm I'm waiting to get my wedding invitation. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but how when you met him, does any of these emotions come up when you're dealing with your current uh uh current uh boyfriend or fiance, however you want to word that? Do any of these old I, feelings come up? I I told him um what happened um and his his first response was i need to protect you mm. because he realizes how attractive i am um that's not me tooting my own horn it's just from years of people telling me how mm -hmm. i never noticed how beautiful i was um it took a long long time for me to get there um because of the way that I had been treated by men, I thought they just seen me as just um, eyes, if that makes sense. I mean, you know what color my eyes are. So mm -hmm. they just seen me as eyes and a tall, light-skinned person with long hair. That's all anybody has ever seen me as. My grandmother and my mother never, ever told me that I was beautiful. Your mother and grandmother so never to, told you that. <clears throat> mm -mm. So who was the they first? Never told me that. 
Who I'm I'm just curious, who was the first man that ever told you that you were beautiful? My son. Oh. Oh my goodness, your son. My son. How did that make you feel when your son told you you were beautiful? I was like, me? And he was like, yes, mommy. And I was like, wow, well, thank you, son. Because I'd never heard it. You got to be kidding. Never heard it. Oh, my goodness. My grandmother was the type of woman that was, she taught me how to be a woman, like a lady at a young age. You don't speak. You know, when men speak to you or when somebody speaks to you and you tell them, they tell you that you're pretty, you just tell them thank you and you keep moving. Ah, so she gave you that advice, but she never told you you were beautiful. Exactly. So this is amazing. It it really is amazing. And uh, so you didn't have your your mom or your grandmother. Um, if I may ask, what about your dad? Um, he was one of the people that noticed it. He's what said again? He was one of the people that molested me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Your dad? Yeah. So... Okay, so now you're a little bit older now. And do you, first of all, do you still remember? I guess that would be so. Do you still remember your dad molesting you? Yes. So how is the relationship with your dad? Do you have one now? I do. And the Bible says, honor thy mother and thy father. And that's what I do. And I feel like anything that has taken place, anything that has transposed, it's between him and God because I was an innocent child. So in other words, it sounds like you was able you you are able to let it go a little bit more. Is mm-hmm. that okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. What has helped you to get over that or let it go? What has helped you to do that? I think understanding um, the word of God more and being in church helped me with that. Because before, when I was a child, I never wanted to go around him. As a child, you never wanted to go around? No, not around him. I knew he was my dad. I I knew he was my dad. I knew that I should be going to visit him, but I never wanted to. So did you tell your mom or your grandmother uh, what happened? I did not tell my mom until I had my daughter. And I was watching an Oprah Winfrey show, and they were talking about how uh, daughters were molested. And then they would be like, but she said, how, do, how would you feel if your daughter never told you something happened, happened to you? And I looked down at my daughter, and I was like, I've got to tell my mom. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. And what was her response when she, uh, when you told her? She wanted to kill him. <laughs> she she really wanted to kill him. So like she wanted to get my stepdad and go down there and have somebody hurt him really bad. And I told her no. So she believed you. 
Yes. And and did that make make you feel better when she believed you? Yeah, it did. Okay. And and so uh was that a um that that moment of when mom believed you and and what about grandmother was grandmother around uh, when you told your mother No. No, she had passed away. She had passed away. Okay. And so uh I'm I'm just really really shocked. So now how does this help with your daughter now? Do you do you are you overprotective of your daughter? Or well when she was younger, she's grown. I'm now. overprotective of both of my children. Really? Because I know it, it does not happen to just girls. It can also happen to boys. So I'm overprotective of both of my children. So you I'm aware. I'm probably way aware than I need to be in their lives. Like I want to know how you're doing. I want to know who you're dating. I want to know, you know, not necessarily where you are, but if you're okay. Wow. I get it. Listen, everybody, I want to take a quick break. I want to come back and talk to Anita. Wow, what a fascinating story. It really is such a fascinating. And Anita, you're stronger than what we have given you credit for. I want to talk about that as we come back. Listen, everybody, you're tuned to your spiritual GPS to success. I am Dr. Michael Mosley. You too can overcome any trauma, any situation. It is part of your success. I'll be right back.
You're in tune to your spiritual GPS to success. I am your spiritual life coach. I am Dr. Michael Mosley. And you know, we're really talking about trauma and and really the when we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And I'm just curious of those that were standing around when Jesus was crucified or when he was nailed to the cross and even that that spear that knife was that was placed in his side and blood and water came out of his body and and all of the 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 terrible acts that took place the, the crown of thorns that were placed and and stuck into his head and can you imagine all the blood that just coming from his bodies but i'm wondering about the people that were there that were watching I wonder what type of response did they have? Some were laughing, some were mocking, but I really believe that there were some that were horrified. Um, and at that time, this is really a part of their punishment system or their uh, judicial system. But still, just to imagine uh, that situation, it had to be very traumatic. And I want you to consider when we talk about doubting Thomas, I don't feel that Thomas was doubting in the aspect of what we may believe. I think Thomas was saying, I just can't believe. I just can't, after all that had happened to him, it's just, it's not, it's not the, all the whole thing about the resurrection. I think it's all of the things that included the the, the lies, the scandal, the, the hurt that Jesus encountered. And then I think it was just too much. You know, uh, we're talking with Anita uh, from Tennessee and Anita was talking to me how uh, she was raped by a coworker, but there were other issues prior to that rape that had already had an effect on her marriage. But when that rape took place and uh, the current husband at that time did not provide any protection, any type of solace, any type of, of encouragement or healing, then that's, you know, when everything was just about over from what she's stating. So sometimes we have traumas that we just, it's hard to respond. It's hard to get past some things that we have gone through. And it is a trauma. It really is difficult. So I want you to know you can get past the trauma. Okay, I that's why I want you to grab this. It's not necessarily saying that Thomas was doubting. It's just that he went through a trauma. It's not saying that somebody is doubting they can get money or doubting they can get married again or doubting that they can get a new job or, or a new life. It's just getting over the trauma. And as Anita said, yeah, that trauma of being raped, that's a trauma. So uh, let's let's welcome Anita back. Anita, you OK? Are you there, Anita? Yes. All I'm, right. I'm fine. Yeah. So, Anita, you know, you said you used the word of God and uh, to help you get through these uh, things with your coworker, and you left your job and you divorced your husband. Um, so, how has that been for you? Has uh, well, first, let me go back to the dad. You said to me that the dad was the one that molested you. Um, mm -hmm. and being, he was your father. That's, I'm just shocked. He was really your father and you were nervous about going around him. 
So what was that like whenever you would see him, even now seeing him, does it bother you at all to see him? Um, no, it doesn't. Um, I do still keep my distance from him. I will go see him. Like on Tuesday, he's having a surgery. He called me and said, can you take me to my surgery? Now I have to drive to Birmingham to take him to his surgery, but I'll do it. Okay. And I don't have a problem with doing it. I, think I don't have a problem with showing up where he didn't show up for me. Wow. You don't have a problem with showing up where he did not show up for you. Yeah. How did you manage? You know, we was laughing in the break and she said, I, I think you made a statement like I should be crazier than what I am. <laughs> what has kept you from going crazy? Um, <clears throat> the family support that I have. Um, I have an aunt that she's a type A personality and she's always giving it to me straight. Um, she never knew any of this. Uh-huh. But the fact that she never sugarcoated anything for me mm. and I wasn't hers made me be a whole lot stronger than what most people would. Because most people, the people that are around them, they sugarcoat, make a child feel good. Mine never did that. <laughs> so never. Was that a, that's a, was that a, you consider that a good thing? Yes. Because now I can handle anything. There's nothing that anybody can tell me that will hurt my feelings because if the person that loved me could tell it to me straight and hurt my feelings as a child, as an adult, there is nothing that you can tell me that can hurt my feelings. Brush it off and I'll keep on going. Wow. You know what? I, 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 I'm taking a pause right there mentally because I feel like that's something uh that what we say a light bulb moment. I think a lot of us really do try to not hurt feelings. I've done it so many times, try not to hurt feelings. But when you get to the point uh, that, hey, I'm really here for your betterment, your upbringing, and, and that you can be a survivor, and I may have to hurt your feelings to make you stronger. I, I never thought about it like that. I've heard it but I never really took it into deep consideration. So I have to join your aunt in that, 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 uh, I guess that training method of getting you to realize that, Hey, it's a challenging world out here. And it looks and like I, it worked. I raised my, I raised my kids off of that. Like everywhere my kids go, there's no place that my kids don't go that they see the upbringing that I have given them. And they're like, thank your mom for me. Wow. Well, now you, because it, it must have worked because it, it really right now you are much, you're stronger and you are really able to maneuver. You have really, even just for you to show up for your dad for a surgery, um, yeah. that is incredible. Now, are you able to actually touch your dad or hug him or shake his hand? Are you able to do that? I am. I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you said that you were overprotective of both of your children because you said uh, situations can happen to boys and girls. Uh, mm -hmm. tell, tell me more about that. Oh, well, I, I've never, I haven't experienced anything happening to, like, my son. But I've heard stories where, you know, you, you see stories about celebrities, how 
their kids get their boy child getting molested or raped or whatever. Um, and I never wanted my son to be that. Wow. Or that victim. Yes. Yes. So you don't want your son uh, to do it. Now, were you harder on your daughter than your son? No. <laughs> so I think you... because he was a black male, I was harder on him. Ah, okay. Because he's a black man, you were, were harder on, on him. So now it, it seems like you really have overcame these traumas. And, and first of all, uh, well, I guess I should say right here, thank you for sharing your life. Uh, with us and being so open about it. Uh, does that yeah, help you? <laughs> does that help you to overcome or to even to continue on uh, as uh, with whatever has happened to you by being open about it? Uh, yes, I don't ever stay in situations where I don't feel like I'm wanted or that I can't protect myself. And that's in Friendship, mm -hmm. relationships. Wow. Um, I've just reestablished a relationship with my mom, and I finally had to tell her, you was never my, like, you were never a mom to me. Wait a you minute. You were Hold very on. mean to me growing up. Hold on. You just told <clears> us <throat> that you shared with your mom that she was never a mom to you? Yeah, she was very mean to me growing up, and she was very nice to my sisters. And my sisters and, and, and me, we have two different dads. And she's still with my sister's dad, but she couldn't stand my dad. And growing up, I looked just like my dad. So she was, so she didn't treat you the way she did your sister? Yeah. How did yeah. she take that? She said, I never loved you any less. And I said, well, coming from a child's perspective, it never felt like that. Mm. I said, I never felt like you loved me. And she said, I'm sorry you felt that way. She finally, she, she did. She said, I'm sorry. I never meant for you to feel, feel that way. So you think that the way she treated you that way because you look like your dad. Or that I was the oldest. And, and being were... the oldest, I was responsible for the youngest ones. So when your mother gave you that, that uh, do you feel that that was an apology from your mother when she said, I'm sorry uh, that you felt that yeah. way? Okay. It was. So mm -hmm. when you received that apology, did that change the, the, the dynamics of you all's relationship? Yeah, it's a, it's a better relationship now. So was this, did this conversation happen after uh, the conversation that you informed her about your dad molesting you? I'm sorry for that one more time. Was when you told your mother that you, she was not a mother to you when you were younger, did that conversation happen after or before the conversation about letting your mom know about your dad's molestation? It was after, it was like a year and a half ago when I had that conversation with her. So this was pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And how was the relationship between you and your sister? Uh, me and my middle sister, we get along. Um, 
better than we have in the past. Me and my baby sisters always had a good relationship. Uh, but me and my middle sister, I don't know if she felt like I'm out to get her or out to take something or, but she constantly reminds me that her father is not my father. And um, we recently had a conversation where me and my mom did, where my stepfather, he has um, albums. And I was like, ooh, I used to play with the albums when I was little, you know, listening to them. And I was like, um, if something happens to him, I was like, can I have these albums? And she was like, <clears throat> um, I'll, you know, I'll tell your stepdad that you want the albums. So um, she gets mad and she was like, they're not, they, they, she shouldn't have those albums. I want those albums. And I'm like, but you never grew up playing with these albums. Like every album in the in these milk crates, like I used to listen to these artists growing up. She was livid. I'm like, you don't even know half of the artists in these crates. And she was like, well, they're not her daddies, they're my daddies. And I was like, oh, wow. But now my stepdad is like, I have three daughters. I don't just have two. So your dad recognizes and he treats you as his blood daughter. Yes, as well as my children. He knows he has three grandkids and not just one. Wow. So it sounds to me, and I'm curious, I wonder what is going on in that sister's mindset. Sound like there's a trauma that she's gone through or is going through. Right. I have no idea. We don't have the relationship to where we can call and like talk to each other and say, hey, how you doing? You know, so anytime she calls, it's I need you to do this and I need you to do that. So it's, it's something, the albums, we all know it's not just the albums, but it's something that right. is stirring up within her. And this is the point why I'm bringing and doing this show is that sometimes we, we all looked at Doubting Thomas and he just wasn't a believer. He shame on him, you know, he just wasn't a believer. But could it be that that death, that horrific death, that shameful death of someone that he loved, that he cared about, it stirred up something in him. It probably stirred up anger or something. And I wonder, uh, did it stir up hatred? You know, although Jesus said, love one another, uh, <laughs> and, and we got to do, you know, just uh, love one another as I've loved you. And But even still to see, and even as Christians today, many, <laughs> some Christians, we become real bitter. You know, why you didn't go to church on Easter? You know, we like, we fight over Jesus. We ready to stab somebody. But it's because of what it stirred up in us that he died and, you know, did no wrong. So I'm cons I'm curious about your sister. Why the, what is it that is stirring up with her about these albums? And what is it that, and we know it's not the albums and it may not even technically be you. It may be she feels that someone treated you differently and treated her less than, uh, or maybe she felt like uh, you took some time or either something away from her that she could have had more of. So it's something that is within her that this is stirring up. So, wow, I, I really, I, hats off to you, <clears throat> Anita. I, I really have to say hats off to you for sharing your life. I, I just would have never thought. 
Um, how old were you? I want to deal with the grandmother one more time. How old were you around that time when your grandmother had the heart attack and you were there by yourself? Seven. You were seven years old. So mm -hmm. coming up after that, and she recovered uh, from that heart attack, obviously, um, was it difficult for you being around your grandmother? I never wanted to leave her. Hmm. So what would your reactions be when you had to leave her? I think most of the time I would cry. And you would cry. So did the other family members understand why you were crying? No, I don't think so. Did you feel... Because I would, I would normally do a silent cry. Okay. All right. All right. And... So you would do the silent cry, and and but inwardly you did not want to leave her. Did you ever feel like you were responsible for her heart attack? No. Okay. So you wasn't responsible for it, but um, you felt like that. You felt some kind of way. How did you feel? Let, let's just deal with that. How did you feel with her having a heart attack and you're seven years old? Uh, we had a nurse that lived in a circle because uh, we lived in a cul-de-sac. So we had a nurse that lived in a cul-de-sac with us. So I ran to the nurse's house to get her so she could get some help. <clears throat> but um, she always said, thank you. Like, thank you for saving me if you hadn't have been there because we were the only two at home. Wow. You know, thank you for saving me. If you hadn't been there, then I don't know what. But I, I also remember, like, the very last time she went into the hospital, she called me. And I was laying in bed with my children. And she said, I just wanted to call my nurse to let her know I was on my way to the hospital. And she was referring to you as the nurse? Yes. And how did that make you feel? Um, it's okay. Sorry. It's okay. It sounds to me that there are some tears that are flowing. And if those tears could speak right now, I'm curious, what would they say? It's okay. She was going to be all right. But thank you for taking care of me all of them years. Yes. So it sounds to me like those tears are tears of appreciation that your grandmother has towards you that you did you did take good care of her she was my everything I, I, I completely completely join you in that uh, in that statement that she was your everything she really was it, I don't think you would be having these emotions if she wasn't and of course she appreciates what you did for her. When 
how long has it been since your grandmother has transitioned? Twenty-four years. Twenty-five years. No, twenty-four. Twenty-four years. Okay. Yeah, she transitioned when Brittany was three months. And Brittany is your daughter, and so she transitioned then. Well, yeah. you know, it's amazing. Uh, and I'm uh, when my mother passed oh, away in God. 2019, I, re- I mm. thank God someone came to me and they told me, uh, they said, now every now and then, you go still feel the grief every now and then it'll just pop up. And uh, I cannot thank them enough for that one statement because it is true. I will be in the grocery store. Say, oh, I'm going to call my mother and ask how to cook this. And boom, I'm like, oh, she can't, I can't talk to her no more. You know, so the grief will come and it will remind us. But it sounds like this issue has really, it's a sincere appreciation that you have. And you have been, or you were that great nurse to your grandmother. And it, it sounds to me that she really does appreciate you. And so, uh, Anita, you have made it through some traumas in your life. You really have. Yes, I have. And I congratulate. Sometimes when we have these traumas, some people don't understand. Well, why you won't date me? Well, it's not necessarily you. It's just your age, you know, and I don't have time to go into it. You're nice looking, but I just, I, I don't feel very comfortable. But it gives us an opportunity to really see why. Uh, certain things or certain people may respond even around us in our home, on our workplace, you know, uh, now when you go to, to work now, or do you have difficulty connecting with coworkers at work because you were raped by a coworker? No, and that's, no, I don't, I don't have very many male coworkers that I interact with and those that I do, I speak and I go on, um, but I work from home as well. So I don't it, really it, have to interact. Is it easier for you to work from home? Yes. So now it's a whole lot easier for me to work from home. I know one lady, she told me she wanted prayer to get a job at home and I prayed and she actually got a job working from home. Then she called me about three months later. Oh, I can't deal with this. I can't do it. I gotta get, I gotta get out of this house. <laughs> I've been at home for like three years now. So yeah, I love three or four years now. I love working from home. I couldn't, I, I just laugh, but you know, sometimes when you're at work now, now things are a lot better because some people, they, you know, they got these harassment things and, you know, and I understand you want to be protected, but sometime at work, you start playing with people and just, you know, laughing and saying, Hey, when we going out or we go have a cup of coffee or whatever. Uh, I'm just curious if you had any of those type of interactions and did, did they make you very nervous with male, uh, workers? Um, if I was in an elevator and it wasn't nothing but me and another male, I would be very nervous. Okay. If you was in an elevator, so you didn't have no way of escape. Right. Okay. I get it. I hear you. I hear you. And so you, you, again, it's just proof that you have come through so much and it's, it's wonderful to really take the time to, I guess, share with others and, and realize their stories, what they have come through, even just to try to get some sort of understanding in people's lives as to uh, why they are doing the things that they're doing. But right now, Anita, I, I just really congratulate you. I know that you are embarking upon a new relationship 
and look like things are becoming better for you. Uh, we, we are confident to know that grandmother has transitioned on, of course, 24 years ago, but her love and her devotion and certainly her appreciation continues for you. And how is your mom, you and your mom's relationship now? It's, it's improved a lot more. It's better. It's better. Yeah. It's a lot better. Wonderful. And again, I, I will actually go over to her house and just sit and talk to her. Really? Whereas before I wouldn't, I would just stand up, do what I needed to do and then leave. I would never stay. Wow. Wow. I, I, I commend that. I commend that. And of course, uh, you're going to sit with your dad at a, um, a procedure that he's having done and that takes great strength. So, Hey, you doing it. You really have overcame your traumas. How does that make you feel? Thank you. Um, I'm a survivor. Definitely. Yes, you are. I'm a survivor. <laughs> you are really a survivor. I want to thank you for spending uh, your time uh, with me. And, and you're there in the Tennessee area. And uh, I, I pray great success. I'm glad you told me that you had some illnesses or infection of some sort. And now you're able to talk. And I'm grateful that you talked with me today. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, because really, I feel that you have let somebody else know that that they can overcome it. And that's how I went through my mother's passing. As silly as it is, I looked and I said, well, they made it through it. Other people are laughing and they remembering their mother with joy and laughter and smiles. I'm like, okay, so this grief is not going to last. And so that's how I made it through. So I believe your testimony today has encourage somebody to realize that they too can and they will make it because of your strength. Yes. So any, Anita, yeah, any final words? Is, the funny thing is, is that the kids, their grandmother just passed away on Tuesday and Brittany was really close to her great grandmother. So she's having a difficult time. Um, it's ironic that she's 24 and she just lost her grandmother and my grandmother's death was 24 years ago. Um, but wow. yeah, um, just pray for Justin and Brittany as they prepare to be to bury their great grandmother. But, um, I was going to ask you if there's anything that I need to look or pay attention to within the next six months. I wouldn't say pay attention, but I would say celebrate. That's the okay. word that I hear. Celebrate the small details. Because they lead okay. to bigger ones. And that's, I feel like I'm walking on the sea or by the, by the beach and I'm looking at little small seashells. But if you get, get enough of those small seashells, you can make a, a path. You can uh, do something very decorative. You can do greater things with it. It's like celebrate the small details. And because with those celebrations, it brings about a greater appreciation and it brings about greater manifestations with those same energies of appreciation. Okay. Okay. Thank you so very much, Anita. It is my joy in talking with you and everyone. I am not out of words. I'm certainly not out of love, but I am out of time. I got to go, but don't forget, schedule your time with me. Schedule your one-on-one -on -one session with me. Text the word reading to 40691, okay? Do that right now. And if you use the code word spring, you get a 30% discount off of your next reading. So do that. Text reading to 40691. 
1991 and use the code word SPRING and receive 30% off of your next reading. Listen, I thank God for you. And of course, my friend, Miss Anita Ashby, we just believe great things and greater success for our life. If Anita made it through, you can too. Let's do it together, everybody. Stay on your path just like Anita did. Your spiritual GPS to success. I'll talk to you again next time. Make me happy.